This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rated. It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers. A rockstar customer experience is different. It stands out from the crowd. It turns you from a customer into a fan. It doesn't follow convention. It doesn't comply to the rules. It doesn't ask for permission. It thrills, it excites, it inspires, and it is unforgettable. That's the voice of James Dodkins, the customer experience rock star. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. Uh, hey there, I'm Michael Momsen. So, Michael, on today's show, we are speaking to a rock star. <laughs> so, James used to be an actual, real-life legitimate rock star. Like, he actually played guitar in a heavy metal band, released albums, toured the world, and now he's using that really unique life experience to work with brands to energize, empower, and inspire them to deliver rock star customer experience. And i got to be honest, when Adam said we should get a rock star on the show to talk about customer experience, I thought... What the heck would a musician rock star know about uh, end-to-end customer experience? But the show has been excellent. Lots of really, really great practical tips in here. Yes, that's right. And Mike, before we begin, a couple of notes. Firstly, you were actually out of town when we recorded this interview. So, you're just going to hear James and my voice in the main interview segment. Yes, I'm sorry. I'll just be here for the fun part at the beginning and the end. (laughs) (laughs) And the other note is that because James is an actual rock star, he's a little bit rough around the edges. So, there's a bit of swearing in this episode and he likes to break the rules and you're going to hear that in his answer to our first question. So, I started by asking James, why is everybody's definition of customer experience wrong? If I were to ask you, okay, you've got to write a dictionary definition of customer experience. What would you say it is? We've actually asked a lot of our guests this in the past and a common definition that we see is, you know, it's the summation of all interaction points and thoughts and feelings that a person has about a brand. Incorrect. And I'll explain why. Mm -hmm. That is a really company-centric way of defining customer experience. It's a very inside-out way of defining customer experience because a customer's experience involves a lot more than just the interactions with your company. My definition is more along the lines of the summation of all the interactions, thoughts, and feelings a customer has along the journey to achieving a particular goal or outcome, Okay, which is different. And that can include many different companies. That really is the customer's experience. Many times when companies define customer experience, they just define their part of the customer experience. And if they were to refer to it as our part of the customer experience, then that is a fine definition, but that is not customer experience. So to give you an example, uh, if we talk about a flight, you're an airline and you look at the customer experience with the original definition, we say, okay, well, the, the steps the customer has to take, well, they've got to book the flight and then they've got to check in and then they've got to get to their gate and then they get on the plane and get seated, take off, food and drinks, land, leave, get their bags. And you say, okay, yeah, but that's just your part of their experience. You've got to understand the successful outcome for the customer, the goal that the customer is trying to achieve. The goal isn't to fly on a plane. The successful outcome isn't to fly on a plane. That's going to be something else. It's going to be something to do with a business trip or a vacation, whatever. And when you understand that in a more holistic sense, you realize the actual customer experience is the awareness they need to take the trip, the research before the trip, 
then booking the tickets, then booking all the things afterwards and the hotel and the excursions and things. Then it's making their way to the, no, it's packing your bags. Then it's making your way to the, there's so much more in a customer experience than just what they think about you. It's a really self-centered, egotistical way to look at customer experience. So I think we need to shift our focus on it a little bit and understand that when we are to look at customer experience, there's a lot more that comes into play than just the interactions with us. I agree with uh, a lot of what you're saying, but the one thing I'm still a little bit challenged by is how do we impact the things that are actually outside our control? As a brand, we can impact all the touch points and all the interactions and all the thoughts and feelings a customer has when they deal with us, but we're not impacting them packing their bags. So, how do we impact all those other peripheral parts of the goal that they're trying to achieve? So, there's two answers to that. Number one is just because you don't impact it or can't impact it or think you can't impact it, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. doesn't mean you don't need to be aware of it. You need to know that these things happen. And who's to say you can't impact it is the first question. You look at some of the, the best innovations in the world. They come from innovating things that we traditionally would think we couldn't impact. I mean, the airline thing, there's a company that realized that losing bags was a big deal. And that sort of crept into customers' experiences. So they started to look at the bag itself. And they realized, well, let's look at their entire experience. Let's not just look at the company-centric view. Let's look at the customer-centric view and realize that there's a lot going on with that bag outside of our sort of perceived control. One of the things they would look at is, let's say you've gone to a conference and on the last day you check out of your hotel and then you've got your bag. You've got a decision to make, right? Do I take it to the venue with me? But then then do I have to leave it with the concierge there or can I keep it with me and is it going to be safe at lunchtime? Or you know what, I'll leave it at my hotel with them, but then I'll go to the comfort. Oh, but then I've got to come back and then the airport's the other side. So loads of problems. And traditionally we'd say, what's that got to do with us? Don't talk to us about that. That's literally got nothing to do with us. We fly planes. But when you take that more holistic view, what this company did is they said, you know what, wouldn't it be neat if when you checked out of your hotel, you could check in for your flight at the same time? So the traditional way this would happen is you'd, you'd go to the checkout desk, you'd say, I'd like to check out. They say, did you enjoy your stay? You say, yes. They say, did you take anything from the minibar? And you lie and say no and hope they never find out. <laughs> then you go on with your day. The new way was all the same stuff. But at the end, they say, would you like to check in for your flight? And you go, Shit, yeah, I would like to do that. The next question they ask is, would you like us to take your bags? And you go, hmm. Yes, I would. So you hand over your bag. And what they did is they partnered with a delivery company that go out from the airport every morning, deliver the packages and come back with empty vans. And they said, shit, guys, just go around, pick up the bags, bring them back to the airport. Now, what that meant for them was threefold. So it meant that they lost less bags. The reason for that was, is there's kind of like a ratio thing going on in airports. And you'll notice this whenever you go there next. There's like two states in airports. It's either mental busy or dead. There never Mm. seems to be like an (laughs) in-between. Right. So, of course, you've got to think, if you've got to process all of these bags in the mental part of the day, of course you're going to lose bags. Of course they're not going to get to their places on time. What this company did is they managed to inject the bags into the baggage handling process during the quiet part of the day which meant the bags could be ready or even at the gate hours before they even needed to be there, which meant they didn't lose as many bags. So for them, that had a bit of a knock-on effect. So it meant that it cost them less money because they didn't have to administer the bag loss process as much. It meant they could actually negotiate lower rates with the baggage handlers because, of course, there was times of the day where they weren't doing anything. It meant that for the customer, the experience was better because you didn't lose the bag as often. And it meant that revenues went up because when people started to see that this company didn't lose as many bags, they um, went to them more. But there was more to it than this as well. There's more parts of that. 
it also meant that they saved money in airport real estate because as more and more people started doing this, they didn't need as many kiosks to check people in because they were already checked in. So it saved them money that way. What it also meant is for the customer, the experience was so much better because you could spend extra time in the cool city that you're in. You could maybe go to a museum instead of going to the airport early. You wouldn't have to join the longest queue in the airport. Do you know what that is? That's the fast bag drop. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very yeah, fast so, when it's a long queue, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing. So you as the customer, you know what you're doing, you know where you've got to go. You go into the airport, you go straight through security, get to your gate, you're done. So there was three points at which this proved really powerful. So it lowered costs, it increased revenues, and it improved the customer experience, all from just thinking differently about the definition of customer experience and what they are capable of influencing. Yeah. You know what I think is actually really interesting is something that you said very early on in our conversation, which was what people think is perceived out of their control. And I think that's actually a really important distinction there because we may think that whatever they're doing before they arrive at the airport is out of our control. But I mean, you can extend your control. We kind of just build these mental barriers, I think, about how we approach customer experience. So it's interesting, yeah, that that definition is quite broad and it allows us to, I guess, focus on a number of things. Do you ever worry that maybe it's a little bit too broad and we're trying to, if we're thinking about everything that the customer is doing in their pursuit of a goal, that we may get lost trying to do too much and then not focus on what our core offering is? Possibly. Yeah, that's always a worry. The biggest worry with this is how to scope it at the end of the day. My advice, and when I'm doing this in real life, I always start with awareness. Whenever the customer becomes aware that they need to you know, achieve that thing. So that's a good way to start it. Because the problem is, let's use the airline example again. Someone would go, okay, it starts when they book the ticket. And they go, no, 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 it starts when they research the ticket. They go, no, 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 it starts when they become aware of the thing, which I would say, yes, stop there. But then people go, no, 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 it starts when they save the money for the vacation. And they go, no, it starts when they got the job to save the money for the vacation. And they go, no, it starts when they graduated from university and they keep going. And they go, no, it starts with the, the big bang or divine creation. <laughs> uh, you can go back too far. You can extend the scope so much that you just get so lost that your little bit of it is just a tiny, minuscule bit. A lot of it is about our own awareness of what's going on. Even if you don't change anything around it, you can understand the customer a little bit more and you can understand their journey a little bit more just by knowing what has led them to you and what they're going to do afterwards. There's a before, a during, and an after the experience with our companies. We only tend to ever focus on the during. What are they doing during the interactions with us? It's really good to find out what's happening before and after as well. James, welcome to the quick fire round. This is our wham bam session where we're going to fire questions at you and you've got 10 seconds to answer just to get to know the man behind the microphone. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm prepared. All right. Your time starts at the end of the first question. James, what brand do you look to as an example of great customer experience? Amazon. And why is that? They consistently deliver a seamless, fast and powerful and personalized customer experience. What job did you learn the most in? This one. Mm-hmm. Being a consultant, it's, um, I've learned more doing this than I ever did in the corporate world. What skill are you terrible at? Uh, spelling. <laughs> James, what skill from being a rock star is most applicable to providing great customer experience now? Playing really cool guitar. No, um, <laughs> confidence in connecting with people. What's the best advice you've ever received? 
it was advice from a guy called Jerry Garcia in The Grateful Dead, and he didn't give it to me, but it's still good advice. And it's the advice that you shouldn't be trying to be the best in the world at what you do. You should be trying to be the only person in the world that does what you do. Wow, that's profound. Where do you go to upskill? Is it, you know, books or YouTube or podcasts? What what kind of format are you looking at the most? Audio books for me. Um, yeah, okay. Because to qualify that, you can go for a run, listen to an audio book. You can walk the dogs, listen to an audio book. Be in an airport, listen to an audio book. Drive somewhere, listen to an audio book. For me, it sort of doubles your effective time because otherwise that's that's dead time. That's time that you're not being able to do other things with. So audiobooks help me, you know, like double the effectiveness of that time. So audiobooks. What's your favourite band? Metallica. I can get on board that. And then finally, James, what is your guilty pleasure? Phil Collins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm not even ashamed. I'm not even, you know what, I'm not even guilty about it. Phil Collins is a legend. So I love your definition of customer experience and how that really expands the mental horizons of what we can approach. What would you consider rock star customer experience? It's a good question. And I think before answering that, you kind of need to understand what a rock star is theoretically. And a rock star doesn't need to be somebody that used to play in a band like me. It doesn't have to be somebody that toured the world like me. It doesn't have to be somebody that threw a TV out of a window. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> any, anyone can be a rock star and a rock star isn't so much what you do. It's more of a state of mind. And we need to realize that rock stars do things differently and they stand out from the crowd. And rock stars don't have customers. They have fans. Okay, They have people that are literally fanatical about them. They don't follow convention. They don't comply to the norm. They don't follow the rules. They don't ask for permission. They thrill, they excite, they inspire, they're empowered and they're confident. And in short, they're unforgettable. And if you translate that into a customer experience, surely that is every customer experience we would ever want to experience ourselves as customers. So that is a rock star customer experience. A rock star customer experience is different. It stands out from the crowd. It turns you from a customer into a fan. It doesn't follow convention. It doesn't comply to the rules. It doesn't ask for permission. It thrills, it excites, it inspires, and it is unforgettable. How do we get there? If you're consulting with like a coffee shop, right? How do you advise them and what are the steps that they should take to become a rock star at delivering customer experience? The nice thing about the stuff I do traveling all around the world is that I have come to realize that No matter where you are in the world, no matter what industry you're in, customers only speak one language, and that's the language of experience. But it all starts with understanding your customers, understanding who they are, not just what they are demographically, but who they are as people, what their expectations are, um, their positive and negative perceptions of your company and the products that you deliver, their goals, their outcomes, and their needs as well, which is a big thing. Not their wants, but their needs. Just trying to understand customers in a more holistic and a more connected deep way that's the very first step once you do that everything else starts to fall in place a little bit because you then have a different perception about the people that you are there to serve after that there are many different things you can do creating an inspirational and aspirational vision and mission creating a set of values for your organization that every decision gets based on, looking at the customer experience, not just through the lens of our company, but through the lens of the customer, scoping it wider, like the like what we spoke about earlier, trying to deliver their needs, not their wants, 
trying to define what a successful outcome is for a customer in any given experience, looking to minimize the touch points. Now, this isn't necessarily true across the board, but in general, if you can deliver the same or a better outcome with less interaction with the customer, which is a little bit counterintuitive, that is better for the customer. Looking at your structures, looking at how you organize yourself, looking at your KPIs and your metrics. Are you actually incentivizing people to do non-customer centric things? It goes on. There's, there's plenty of things to do, but it, again, it, it does all depend on your particular circumstance. But the first step is understanding your customers at such a deep level that everything else becomes a bit of a no-brainer. Well, what an amazing show. Michael, welcome to the debrief segment. Yes, I've been magically inserted into time. (laughs) (laughs) I was traveling when the interview was recorded, so unfortunately couldn't make it, but uh, I won't miss an opportunity to get involved in a debrief. Absolutely. So, this is our debrief segment where we sum up the key takeaways from the interview with James Dodkins. Michael, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah, so I love a good chat with someone who likes to challenge the status quo and James delivered on that at the very top by <laughs> trying to redefine customer experience, which... He flipped um, the question on me. I asked the first question to him and then he, he flipped it around <laughs> on me. <laughs> What I really liked about it, though, was how if I was to sort of distill his response, it was really around starting with empathy. So, having an empathetic view on the customer and not just being binary about that experience relative to the things that you can control, but having you know a bigger picture view kind of both before and after and all the, the moving parts. And that's where you can sort of unlock some of these new opportunities as well. What wasn't like a big fan on like actually redefining the term customer experience, I think that's kind of like been well defined. And I think, you know, the way that he described it was really taking a look at the overall customer journey and sort of shout out for our previous episode around that. But as a holistic point of starting with empathy, I thought it was excellent. And it's something that we should always endeavor to do no matter which area we are in the business. We can always do a better job of having an empathetic perspective on what the customer is going through both before and after they engage with us. What I really liked about this interview was something that kind of came up a couple of times. It was almost like a bit of a running theme that was, I guess, part of James's rockstar break the rules contrarian view of things. It was about challenging yourself and, and your perceptions um, because maybe that's what's holding us all back from delivering rockstar customer experience. I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck in your own little world and think, well, something that's happening over here is outside my realm of responsibility to this customer. But if we kind of remove those shackles or think about how we can collaborate better with other departments within our organization, then challenging those perceptions is going to allow us to deliver rockstar customer experience. Another thing that stood out for me was this quote, which was the experience is really around thinking about the customer's pursuit of a goal. And I quite like this. It's the whole like start with the outcome in mind. Amazon has a very famous approach when they build a product or a service, they start by writing the press release. So they write, um, how are we going to launch this thing as if it's going to happen? And then sort of work backwards from that. And from a customer's perspective, there's a great framework for this. The guys at Strategizer, they got an online course called Valley Prop Course, which is excellent. And what it really talks about is understanding the pains that customers have and the second one is what are the jobs to be done so what, what's someone trying to do every day and you really want to be thinking about designing and managing the experience relative to those so that is a great way of putting it what is the customer's goal and how do we make that as easy and as delightful as possible yeah nice and then the last takeaway was about removing friction from the experiences that we provide to customers james had a great quote that i love he said if you can deliver the same outcome with less touch points that generally results in a better experience 
Mm, nice. And I don't think I can sum it up uh, better than that. So, yeah, look at ways to uh, remove friction and complexity from your experiences with customers and that'll generally be a better outcome. So, let's sum them up. Takeaway number one was... Starting with empathy to the customer experience. The second one was challenge yourself because your perceptions might just be holding you back. And the third one was really thinking about the customer's pursuit of their goal. And finally, remove friction from experiences to provide better outcomes. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, Adam, so much for doing literally all the work on this interview. I just got to (laughs) come in at the end and have a bit of a chat about what I thought of it. Um, Really appreciate it. Uh, You're welcome. Someone's got to pull their weight around here. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed listening, Michael and I would love to hear from you. Please connect with us both on LinkedIn. We read and respond to every single person and we love engaging with the customer experience leaders fans. Yes, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Michael Momsen, M-O-M for Mary, S-E-N for Nelly. And I'm Adam Jaffrey. We'll speak to you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Customer Experience Letters is produced by Rateit, the market leader in on-the-spot customer feedback. If you're not getting good results from mystery shoppers or are sick of sending annoying surveys to your customers, the team at Rateit have some really innovative ways for you to get feedback from your customers to help build delightful experiences for them. To find out more, head to rateitapp.com. That's R-A-T-E-I-T-A-P-P.com. This podcast is created in partnership with Wavelength Creative. It was produced by me and Christopher Lawson, who also edited and mixed the show. Our theme music is by Icolix, Peter Cooley and The Shrugs. Just a reminder to reach out to Michael or myself on LinkedIn. We love hearing from all of the customer experience leaders fans and we read and respond to every single note that you send us. Until next time, I'm Adam Jaffrey. Thanks for listening.